Athletic. All right, Reds, quick disclaimer. This podcast was recorded before the news of Trent's injury come through. It would be very, very different to be all doom and gloom. Well, actually, not quite, because Liverpool are still top of the league. We've done all right with a makeshift defence, and he's not going to be out that long. So hopefully, it'll still be a good month. All right, Reds, Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast from The Athletic. Well, the season continues to go from strength to strength. On Sunday, Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-0 at the Emirates to progress into the fourth round of the FA Cup. To reflect on that and look ahead to the Carabao Cup semi-final, I'm joined by James Pearce and Andy Jones. As ever, though, let's start with those three words. And as we haven't got that useless Sayus with us today, I'm sure, Andy, <laughs> you're prepared. Well, laced with a lot of sarcasm, who needs Salah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, James? I'm going to go with Canate the Rock. Oh, like it, I like it. And let's see what they're saying over on the Walk on Podcast Facebook group. Garrett Allen, something special happening. Well, yeah. Mark Spillane, nice result, that. Andrew Bell, oh dear, Mikel. And Steve <laughs> O'Brien, quad is on. Quad is on. Well, well, well. James, it's a bit extreme, isn't it, to say the quad's on? But it couldn't have turned out better, could it really, at the Emirates? Yeah, you're right. It is It is too early to be talking in those terms. But just the fact that Liverpool are still alive on all on all fronts, I think, is, is remarkable, given the absentees at the Emirates last weekend. And it was, you know, we, we have been treated so far this season to some pretty special days and that was right up there for me because I can't have been the only one that was thinking is this just going to be a step too far after such a gruel in December um, you know you've just lost Salah and Endo to international duty then you find out that Virgil van Dijk hasn't travelled due to illness you know you, you list you know you, you could make a very very you know com- competent 11 out of the ones that are missing at the minute um, with, you know, Zabozlai and Robertson and Simakas and Matip and Thiago and Bacetic and you to find a way to overcome that and especially having been up against it so much in that opening 45 minutes to dig deep, show that level of resilience and then get stronger and stronger as the second half wore on. And in the end, I thought Liverpool fully deserved their victory despite what Arteta had to say afterwards. So, um, yeah, that was a special one. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, you think, Andy, Enzo's gone for a month, you know. Maybe there's an obvious replacement, Jordan Henderson. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 def- definitely not. But they knuckled down after that first half. They they just rode, the, well, the luck a little bit and then got stronger and stronger as the game went on. Yeah, it, it did feel in that, that half an hour that it, it was sort of leading to an inevitability that Arsenal were going to manage to get the ball into the back of Liverpool's net. But I think it, it sort of showed, and you know, Arsenal's chance missing did help to an extent. But I think it just showed the, the strides Liverpool have made in terms of that that last-ditch defending element, which I think definitely wasn't there last season, and, and that mentality to sort of 
whenever there's little setbacks, which can be, you know, conceding the big chance or, you know, giving the ball away, you know, in silly areas, which did a couple of times, you know, they weren't able to recover. And I think what the, the biggest difference this season, and it was particularly evident in this game, was that they were able to sort of just put it behind them and carry on and not panic. And, and they just kept their heads. You know, <laughs> there was a few times where I lost my head when they kept trying to play out because Arsenal's press was very good and, you know, it was very difficult for Liverpool to get out. But once they rode that sort of, you know, that initial half an hour wave, then you sort of, you saw Liverpool finding their feet more and more and then it led to that second half and and with Klopp's, you know, tactical shift at half-time, which I think was was pretty significant within the game, they got stronger and stronger and, and began to create more chances and better chances than Arsenal and, and in the end, you know, looked like the team more likely to score um, and thankfully they did. What struck me, James, was as the game went on, you could see Arsenal's conviction draining and Liverpool's growing. And yeah, I mean, we've talked for years about the, this mentality monster thing. And this time last year, we we thought it was over for good. And yet you see them, you see them the, 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 in games where things are not going well for them. They just carry on and carry on and and eventually triumph. I mean, this that's just remarkable. Yeah, that backbone is well and truly been restored, isn't it? I think compare that to where we were last January after, you know, I think we're coming up to a year on from that wretched defeat at Brighton when where Liverpool, you know, had no resilience. When things started to go against them in games, they they crumbled. And, you know, what a contrast to, to where they're at now. And yeah, you could see, I mean, it was, you almost sensed that you thought, well, you know, surely it felt big that five minute period for me before half time when you thought Liverpool just need to get to the break level because if they do, I'd back Klopp to make the changes required to to shift the dynamic in this game. And and it was, I think, for Arsenal not to be leading at the interval was almost, it must have felt like they were behind, really, having been so dominant in that opening 45. And yeah, the, the mood just completely changed second half. I had fans round by me near the press box, home fans, shouting at Arteta to sign a striker, which I thought, <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things might be a fair shout, but wasn't going to be much use. I don't think there was much chance of getting a deal done during the second half <laughs> and getting him registered, changed and warmed up and on the pitch. So, but it was, yeah, when you think of the firepower that Liverpool have got, you know, compared to Arsenal, Arsenal are still, you know, one of the best teams in the country, yet, they, you know, when you when you think of Liverpool's shrewd recruitment in the summer, Arsenal made a massive error not signing a proper number nine because there's just not enough goals in that team. And you only have to look at Havertz, you know, and it's almost like unwillingness to shoot at times. They overcomplicated. And what Liverpool was so good at second half is they they went more direct. You know, they, they, they got themselves further up the pitch. They showed a lot more, you know, threat on the counter-attack. And, and you had that feeling that, yeah, you know, something something is going to happen here. And, and sure enough, it did with that late flourish. But, 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 100 million on defensive midfield. Surely that's the keys to winning the league. <laughs> really? Honestly, Andy, the centre-halves, what performance? Yeah. Can I say, we, we know that he's got that performance in him. Um, but when, I think, I, I do think he, he thrives when he when he is under sort of, he's got to be the leader. And he sets the tone with that, that early block, doesn't he? I mean... You know, body on the line, putting everything into it to make sure that that I think it was Reese Nelson doesn't get a tap in, and I think that set the defensive tone. And then, you know, Kwanzaa next to him again, you know, big stage, 
you know, big environments, difficult away game and cruises through it like he's um you know he's played loads of them before Quanta continues to just amaze by how the little experience he's got at the top level it just doesn't look like that without a doubt they were just uh, the pair of them are magnificent on the subject of Canati, it's time to go beyond the frame with google pixel is our very own james pierce at the emirates on sunday beyond the frame with Google Pixel. Everything you're about to hear has been recorded using Google Pixel's Audio Magic Eraser tool. That means that instead of our journalists' audio being drowned out by the crowd, the audio sounds just the way the journalist you're about to hear wants you to. You'll hear them loud and clear thanks to Audio Magic Eraser removing distracting sounds in Beyond the Frame. Requires Google Photos app. May not work on all images or all audio elements. Well, I'm here at the Emirates and Ibrahima Kanate has just been absolutely crucial to Liverpool's progress into the fourth round of the FA Cup at the expense of Arsenal. I think a lot of Liverpool fans would have been very concerned when they heard that Virgil van Dijk was missing due to illness. But what an effort from the France international to step up like he did. He really took on the role of being the leader of that back line today in the absence of van Dijk. Really kind of cajoled those around him. Really interesting watching him in terms of uh, trying to organise people. And Jurgen Klopp touched upon it afterwards as well, that you know life was made very difficult for that back line because Liverpool didn't press well enough at the top end of the pitch in the first half. They were exposed too often. But it was, uh, it was really, really impressive the way that Canate and Ger- young Gerard Kwanzaa alongside him just just really dug deep. They epitomised Liverpool's mentality, really, with the resilience uh, and the desire that they played with. Plenty of blocks and interceptions and tackles to, to frustrate Arsenal. And um, yeah, I think you can't really overstate just how important it is to keep Canate fit this season. The ability to do that is going to have a huge say in um, Liverpool's ability to go on and win one, two, three, who knows, even possibly four trophies. Beyond the Frame with Google Pixel. You're listening to Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. James, you're close to the situation. Was Jürgen trolling Arsenal when he put Bobby Clark and Conor Bradley on? <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Yeah, look, we got a couple of kids, you know, we, we need to give them a few minutes, you know, it's it's only Arsenal at the end. Let's go on, boys, yeah. go on, enjoy yourselves. Well, yeah, I mean, someone did message me, I won't, I won't name and shame him at, at the time, and said, you know, blimey, he really doesn't fancy a replay, does he? <laughs> Well, the message was right, wasn't it? You know, send them on, let's win. Yeah, do you know? Do you know what? And it and it wasn't a one-off, was it? You know, we've seen this from from Klopp numerous times this season in terms of making big, bold decisions that you think, "Wow, that's a big shout." And he's been handsomely rewarded for you know he wouldn't call it a gamble, but other people probably would. Um, because I thought both those young lads equipped themselves brilliantly. When you, th- you know, I don't think many managers would have thrown on two academy kids, relatively unproven, um, in a situation like that. But it, it worked because I thought Connor Bradley was was brilliant up against Martinelli. It was at a time as well where you could see that you know Martinelli had caused Trent some problems, and and you kind of thought it just made perfect sense to to kind of 
you know, you want for Liverpool to win that game, you needed Trent on the ball in dangerous areas as much as possible, rather than being preoccupied with Martinelli coming at him. And I thought Bobby Clark as well was neat and tidy in possession, picked up a, an excellent yellow card, <laughs> uh, a brilliantly cynical foul, which uh, is exactly what you want to see in situations like that. You don't want to, you, you certainly don't want kids coming through that are too nice. And, and yeah, when you, you know, you think back to what was it, St. James's in August when you know, Virgil van Dijk gets sent off and he throws on Jarrell Kwanzaa for his debut. And, you know, you think of the other times this season where he's, he's put his faith in, in young players and it's been it, it, it's it, it's kind of come up trumps and that was that was another really really good example I think you know it it just that must do so much for all the other kids as well who are around that first team setup because you know that it's like it's one thing saying you'll give kids a chance if they're good enough and if the attitude's right and the application is right but it's another thing actually doing it in, in the heat of battle and not not when your team's three nil up or three nil down but nil nil in a cup tie away to one of your biggest rivals you know that was that was a big call by Klopp but you know those young boys really repaid the faith I thought I thought Brad, Bradley was brilliant because I mean obviously he's he'll have watched Martinelli dance past ten twice and he's probably thinking this this lad's fresh he's just Martinelli's just come off the bench himself hasn't he and and you know that's going to be where Arsenal are going all the time and gets that first one-on-one -on -one and wins it so convincingly. Um, just sort of gets his body in and then Chihili wins wins the goal kick off Martinelli and then Martinelli literally doesn't doesn't fancy it for the rest of the game. I think there's... They, I, I did a piece on it and there's four more times I have to get, that, get the ball out to him and isolate him. Martinelli every time just turns around and passes it backwards and you just think fair play because Bradley there would have been I'd imagine there would have been some nerves coming on given what he'd just seen and yeah so I, I think mass, massive credit to him and as, as I say I think the uh, the Bobby Clark yellow card got one of the biggest cheers for me <laughs> of the game <laughs> yeah we love a bit of cynicism here and why not you know the one thing we've talked about a, a little bit over the weeks this season is Klopp's substitutions have been so good. I mean, and last year we were, well, basically we were moaning about them, but he, he's recaptured his grasp on games, hasn't he, James? Yeah, he, he really has in terms of, you know, I, I think I think with Klopp, I think, I think right the way through his reign, probably there's been probably too much of a focus from especially like a lot of pundits focus on his man management and the hugs and the fist pumps and, the you know the the ability to get that extra few percent out of players, but you know, you don't achieve what he's achieved in football management unless you're also an incredible tactician. And I think you know again the contrast compared to a year ago where you you know he's begging for forgiveness in front of the away end at Brighton, and I think at the time he almost felt powerless during games to change the course of events. And then now you know yes he's got his mojo back. And, and certainly, you know, there's been so many examples already this season of him making big, bold changes that have had that had, had a huge impact. Whether you know, you only have to look at what is it a dozen goals or so in terms of players coming off the bench and 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 scoring in games. And you know, as we said before, you know, the the faith he's shown in Jarrell Kwanzaa. I mean, yeah, Kanate quite rightly got a lot of the credit, but you know, I, I don't think we should take for granted what Kwanzaa's doing at the minute. Because that was only his eleventh, you know, start for Liverpool in all competitions. Yeah, he looks like that was his, you know, hundred and eleventh. He's so composed, and especially it felt big as well. The fact that it was 
without Van Dijk as like a comfort blanket alongside him, you know, away to one of the one of the best teams in the country, despite their you know their their weaknesses at the top end of the pitch. That was that was big from Kwanzaa, but yeah, Klopp is he's loving it as well, you know, because I, I think he probably would have thought this is going to be tough today. He said in the press conference afterwards, he said in the team meeting on Sunday morning, he'd got the players together and said, look, we, we could look for excuses. We could all look at that list of names of, you know, all the absentees today, the injuries, the international call-ups, you know, the, the illness with the captain being not being there. And he said, but if we do that, we're screwed. He said, you know, what we need to do is forget all of that and let's just try and create something special. And that's, that's exactly exactly what they did, and that that mentality comes from the manager. And I, I just think he's rotated really intelligently through through the season. And I think he's made more changes than any other manager in the top flight. I think it's helped being in the Europa League because, of course, it helps being able to make six, seven, eight changes for games that you just wouldn't be able to do if you're going to Real Madrid or Bayern Munich on a Wednesday night. But you know the beauty of that is it means that like you don't you're not throwing on players now who haven't played for five or six weeks. You're playing players that actually are in a decent amount of rhythm because they have played minutes. And yeah, that's why despite the absentees at the minute, you think, well, why why can't this continue? It, it feels like he's got probably as balanced a squad as he probably had. I mean, you look at like. Champions League league winning seasons you could generally pick Liverpool's best 11 couldn't you and then there was like maybe three off the bench you might use yeah. but I think now you look across you know all departments really other than other than the goalkeeper and of course you've got you've got your standouts you've got Sally you've got Trent you've got Virgil you've got Alisson who are you know, gonna start pretty much every game if 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 they're available. But I think, you know, you can you can swap and you can pick games for for certain forwards and certain forward lines similar for the midfield. And I think I think James is right. I think the Europa League has helped because you've been able to get game time into everyone and significant game time, not like twenty minutes at the end of a game that's that's already dead. You know, they're playing important games that you need to win. And I think that's showing because you're not looking at really anyone in the squad and thinking unless unless there's been injuries and stuff and they haven't been able to to be involved where you're not looking at really anyone who's you've been brought in from the cold at any point really everyone's sort of been getting consistent time all the way through and I think you're seeing the benefits now of when when you do lose certain players you've got people coming in and the balance is there and that that there's not a drop in quality so I think that that that's a massive thing that that's really helping them as well yeah yeah and um I was thinking about the, the you know the the game of Brighton you mentioned James last year and um I'm told that um Fabino was happier on the pitch at the Amex last year than he is in Saudi Arabia. But I'm not gloating. I am not gloating about any of the misery that they brought on themselves. I am not. I'm not. Much. Um, but let's talk about... Uh, should we ban Salah's name till he comes back? <laughs> One of the men who needs to fill the gap, Darwin Nunez. Again, James... We're on a bit of a roller coaster with them all the time, aren't we? It's like, you know what? I, I, I've, I've introduced his name here, but part of me is a little bit bored with the, the whole conversation <laughs> about him. Yeah, he needs to score more. But on the other hand, he disrupts people. He terrifies the life out of defences and I, I, he causes all sorts of anarchy. What did you make of his performance on Sunday? Yeah, a, a real mixed bag, which I think you're right. It, it tends to be the discussion around Darwin Nunes uh, regularly. Um, I think it was telling afterwards when Klopp was talking about 
what went wrong in the first half. He said, you know, we didn't press well enough at the top end of the pitch and that meant there were too many gaps for Arsenal to play through and then we ended up defending too deep and it made life almost impossibly said for Canate and Kwanzaa before we sorted that out at half-time. Um, so, so yeah, he didn't he didn't impact the game in the way you'd want him to in the opening 45, yet he was much more effective second half once he'd been shifted out to the left wing. Um, you know, it didn't it didn't work having Cody Gagpo as one of the three in midfield. You know, Liverpool suddenly looked much better balanced with, with Gagpo as the nine, Nunes on the left, Diaz on the right, um, and and yeah, it's, it is you know it's there's the thing with Darwin Nunes is whether whether you whether you absolutely adore him, which lots of people do, or you know you, you think he's not up to it, um, and. and I'm a big fan of his, but the frustration is you just want to see more end product. And, you know, he causes defenders so many problems and he must be an absolute nightmare to face with his pace and power. But there was, I mean, that counterattack when he led the charge and then played the pass straight behind Luis Diaz, it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, that, that was like encapsulated in a moment, like, oh, here he goes, here he goes. Oh, didn't, didn't, hasn't quite come off, but... I mean, the beauty, the beauty is we're talking about it in the context of Liverpool winning again. And you think, surely he is gonna, it is going to click and he is going to fire in the second half of the season. And when he does, you, you know, you, 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 you think, you know, surely, surely that's going to help take Liverpool to, to some pretty special places. But, um, but yeah, I think it was just... Liverpool were grateful for the fact they didn't they didn't need let's just say they didn't really need his finishing touch <laughs> on, on Sunday I think the, the the one of the biggest positives for me to come out of it was you know Luis Diaz I think is looking much more like his usual self because yeah we, we we know he had a tough first half of the season with everything else going on in his life with you know you can't even begin to imagine the turmoil of your parents being kidnapped and then that that desperate weight you know, waiting for his, his father to come home safely. Um, but I think, I think he, you know, he, by the standards he set when he first arrived from Porto and then, you know, last season was almost a bit of a write-off for him really with the injuries. But you were, you're kind of thinking, yeah, do you know what? He's better than this. And then certainly against Newcastle and then I thought second half against Arsenal, you know, he, he, he just looked, I don't know, something just seems to have clicked with him. He's just much more purposeful, much more direct and, yeah, that goal deep into stoppage time, which killed off the tie. I think you know. I I I I think in the weeks and months to come, we'll be looking looking back at that as like a really important moment for him. I don't think he'd scored. I think he had yeah, one in the Europa League. But I think before that, you have to go back to the one that that bounced in off his shoulder late yeah. on at Luton. So you know, he's Luis Diaz is another one that, with how gifted he is, he should be scoring more goals. Um, and then you know the the other the other great thing you know, you know is Jota again you know I, I, Liverpool really went to the next level yes the changes from Klopp helped at half time but it was the introduction of Jota for the last half an hour that you know he, he bullies defenders Jota in a way that you think someone with his size shouldn't really be able to do but you know that that leap for the header that he hit you know that hit the bar was um, you know said a lot about. You know, just he's got that tenacity, hasn't he? He just he, he he's he's got that will to win in him. Um, and I yeah, I thought I thought Jota's introduction off the bench was was as important as anything that the Klopp changed to the game on Sunday. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm up front, you know, just briefly going back to Nunes, you know, it, look at us, we're sitting here, we're like, oh, you know, we're enjoying some of those comedy moments he brings to the game. And you can do that when you win. You know, if uh, if we would have got beat, <laughs> it would be very, very different. <laughs> but these attackers, I can't think of any time in my life as a Liverpool fan where... I've seen such a multitude of options up front. No, I, 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 I certainly haven't, and I think I think well, you, well, you shouldn't and... have. Should you look at your age? <laughs> well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. I think every single one of them has different attributes and different traits, which are their best traits. And I think it does come back to you know looking like Klopp's back in his groove because I think he knows that. You know, he can get he can show with opposition twenty minutes of something and they might think, Oh, we've dealt with that now. And um, you know, we're we're comfortable and then bang is a different thing for you to deal with. And it's it's not just one person who the you know, they they can lock on to. It's not like it's just Salah. So you can just get as many rent men round him and that's and then you're all right. if you do that then you leave Nunes free, you leave Diaz free, you leave Jota free, you leave Gakpo free and then and then you've got the midfield as well who have you know, a, a more of a goal scoring threat and more of a creative threat than, than they have been in, in past club teams. So that that's the thing. It's it's just the ability to to constantly keep defenders thinking and constantly keep the entire opposition thinking. And you, I think you've seen it this season. You wear them down to the point where they're like <laughs> give up and then that's when Liverpool you know really take command of a game and, and you know can extend advantages and stuff like that it's just a brilliant set of options for any manager and I think we'll see more and more value in that as the season goes on Imagine the scenario. A much-loved and inspirational leader has announced his intention to take a career break and you need to find someone just as tactically astute and charismatic, but perhaps without the glasses and the teeth. Well, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They've even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk. W-L-K to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Have your say and get involved by emailing walk-on at theathletic.com. Well, James, it's January. <laughs> the transfer window's open. We know what that means. So far, we're only seeing really an exit, aren't we? Fabio Carvalho, out on loan to Hull. The kid's got a load of talent. Why hasn't that worked out? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, really. Really, I mean, obviously, you know, Leipzig are no mugs. You know, trying to go there and, and force your way in as a, as a regular was was going to be a challenge for him. And, it, and he hasn't been able to, to achieve it. There's been no, been no kind of criticism from their end in terms of his attitude I think it's just been competition for places and he hasn't he hasn't been able to to kind of hold down a spot but I think Liverpool hope this this will kind of rejuvenate him going to the second half of the season playing for Hull in the championship I think they're just outside the playoffs at the moment he's had some really positive discussions with Leroy Rossini the manager there Liverpool got really good relations with Hull of course Tyler Morton's on loan there at the moment 
so yeah, I think there was a lot of interest in Carvalho. I think there was always going to be when you know he is he is a very technically gifted attacking midfielder, stroke wide player. But you know, I think Southampton, Leeds, there was interest from the Premier League as well and overseas. But the biggest thing for Liverpool was just making sure he went somewhere where he was going to play regularly because they didn't they didn't want his development stunted by you know being on the bench which is where he spent most of the time at Leipzig I think only made four starts in all competitions so yeah I think it'll be interesting to see you know how he how he gets on I don't I don't think there's any chance realistically that it becomes a permanent because I think I think this is about getting him game time probably also you know helping him you know I think you know, protecting value in the player as well is a big part of it in terms of you know, showing what he can do, reminding people of the talent that he's got, and then a decision to be made in the summer whether whether he's made made sufficient steps to be able to come back and and compete for a place in in Klopp's squad for next season. Yeah, I mean, I always felt I was never quite sure what his best position was, and you know where where he fit into a team like this. And of course, when you see how many good players are vying for spots now, you know, he's gotta he's gotta go to Hull and up his game. You know, I, I, I did mention and you know, rather sneeringly, Jordan Henderson, but I suppose we should talk a little bit about him, Andy. Did you enjoy it, Jordan? Well, yeah, it's um <laughs> it's not it's not a great look for him, is it? You know, given I mean the athletic, the interview he did with the Athletic, for example, where you know he talked about wanting to you know make make these differences, make these changes, and you know really grow the game. And and within six months, he's he's well, he he obviously feels like he he must have done that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 just not a good look, is it? Um, and I think if he if he does return to to the Premier League or you know or does leave, then I think he's gonna you know. There's going to be. He's had a lot of criticism, hasn't he? And I think there's going to be plenty more uh, coming his way. Well, yeah. I mean, it is going to be. It is going to be intriguing to see where he ends up. I know at the minute he doesn't have anything lined up. It is. It is very much a case of you know gauging the levels of interest and 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 you know I've been told it could be a loan. It could be a permanent. There's no. There's no agreement in place with our letterfact in terms of letting him go. So there's. You know, it's it's not an it's not a straightforward one at all because, of course, you know it'd be embarrassing for them him leaving so soon. My my, my hunch is we will see him back in the Premier League by the end of January, probably on loan. I think is the most is the most likely outcome. But yeah, Liverpool wise, very quiet. I think you know we said that didn't we at the start of at the start of January that all the all the noises coming out of the club was that Klopp was happy with what he's got and that. Yes, of course, they need to bolster at centre-half in the next, well, you know, the next nine months before the start of next season. But um, there was no sense of urgency because of the development of Kwanzaa to such a level that, you know, he is now fully trusted and regarded as, a, as an established member of the first-team squad. And then I think, especially when you throw into the mix, I was told that Robertson is about... I think probably just less than a fortnight now away from full training again. So could potentially be back playing by the end of January. And of course that then frees up Joe Gomez to to play centrally as well. Who I think we should mention was absolutely excellent as well. Yeah, yeah. He's been a bit of an unsung hero, hasn't he, of the season so far in terms of, he's just, I don't think there's a lower maintenance footballer around Joe Gomez in terms of, he just gets on with it, doesn't he? I think, 
he's he's a manager's dream, really, in terms of like you know you you know can you play right back today? Can you play centre back today? I, actually, I need you to do you know five six weeks at left back for us. Not a problem. Um, you know, I think very under underrated more widely in terms of um, how appreciated he is. I think people forget as well that he's still only was he twenty six. He's been at Liverpool mm. so long. Yet in footballing terms, he's still relatively young. Um, you know, the fact that I think I think he's just coming up to make his 200th appearance for the club, which when you think he's been there since 2015, kind of shows you how stop-start it's been with what has he had three serious injuries along the way and he, at various points he's fallen out of favour and you've kind of thought to yourself, yeah, you wonder whether this might be the summer where he decides to to move on. But I think each time he's weighed it up and thought, well, actually... What would I rather do? But I'd rather be a part of a squad that's challenging for and winning trophies when you look at his medal collection. Um, or would I rather go somewhere else and play every week? And I think, you know, that he, he's always thought, well, actually, anywhere I go after Liverpool, it's going to be a step down. So, uh, so yeah, he's he's been brilliant, Joe Gomez. I just, if I had one hope for the second half of the season, it would be that we do see him finally end that goal drought because... Um, yeah, uh, I did. I did ask him after the Burnley game the other week whether he had a celebration lined up, and he he said he, <laughs> he said he didn't, and he wasn't sure what on earth he would do if the day if the day arrived. But I would love to see it. There's um there's a, there's been a few night games recently where I thought don't happen tonight because I I just can't really go into town. I've got too much on. <laughs> you, you couldn't just go home and go to bed the day that Joe Gomez scores his first goal for Liverpool. Well, you, you know, I mean, I'd. I'd... The, the way I'd GM up is I'd just sit him down and go, Joe, Alison scored more than you, mate. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to another part of London, Fulham, Craven Cottage. What, what sort of team are you expecting to see there, James? Of course, the game's at Danfield. We all know that. But Fulham are based at Craven Cottage. <laughs> Let me say that one again. Let's move on to a team from another part of London. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I think he'll go strong. I think he, I think he felt that there was a sufficient gap between between Newcastle and Arsenal that he ultimately concluded he didn't really need to to rest players. And then I think you know the fact that Liverpool have got that eleven day break after Wednesday night before they go to Bournemouth in the Premier League means it will be a similar approach. I think he'll shake up a bit. I'd be amazed if Jota didn't start. Probably Graven Burke, I'd imagine, would come into the midfield. As well, you know, Virgil Van Dyke, Touchwood should be okay after illness. You know, the the, the press conference is is later on today, so we'll find out more then. You know, Klopp said last week he didn't expect to have Zabozlai back for this one, but hopefully back for for Bournemouth. So yeah, I think do, do you know what? I think in the grand scheme of things, it'll just be a huge relief that they haven't got the prospect of an FA Cup replay wrecking that winter break because Klopp had kind of tentative, tentatively promised the players a decent amount of time off, I think probably five or six days after the Fulham game before they prepare for Bournemouth. So the fact that they were able to go and win at Arsenal meant that those plans remained intact. And yeah, you want to, you know, Fulham are a team that kind of, it's easy to look at it and go, well, two legs over Fulham, not a problem. But they showed at Anfield not long ago that they they are a proper team and Liverpool pulled that one out of the fire. Could easily a loss, could easily a drawn. In the end, you know they 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 win it with those with those two late goals that transform the mood around the place. So yeah, I, I don't, I certainly don't see any any kind of feeling of well we can 
to get a couple of the big guns that we've got available putting their feet up because you know the, the prize is too big whether you, you want to decently take to Craven Cottage in a fortnight. Yeah, I mean, Andy, they, they, they did give us a scare as Anfields. And what I think is, you know, and you see a lot of people going, oh, th- talking about him. Um, a couple of years ago when we were going for all four competitions and a lot of people act as if the Cups stopped us winning the title and, and, and the Champions League, which I don't see it that way personally. You know, it's, um, I think you could have got knocked out of both of those Cups early and you're still going to, on the last day, you're going to be behind City and Real Madrid in the final. Well, we've seen it before, you know, are, are going to beat you. But I've got to say, this winter break has fallen perfectly for us to play strong teams, you know, as James was saying, and Fulham will be a difficult proposition. I see quite a bit of them uh, down in London and, you know, the spotty sometimes, but if they're on the game, they'll make life awkward. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Raul Jimenez is, is quite important to it because I think he was, he was excellent at Anfield and I think it, it started a bit of a run for them where I think they, they, they won a couple of games 5 0, didn't they? And and he was he was a massive part of it. And him and this has always had sort of patchy form since since obviously that that head injury where, you know, before that he was, you know, you you know, coming towards talking about him as, as one of the best number nines in the league. But yeah, you're right, the Fulham are patchy, I you know, barely beat them. Um and barely don't really beat anyone these days. So you, they have got that type of performance in them. But yeah, you're right, you, you know, we saw it at Anfield of you know, they they always carry a threat, they make it difficult. Um, you know, let's not forget Liverpool had to score four worldies. It wasn't like you know, against Newcastle where Liverpool walked the ball in. Three of the four for three of the four goals, you know. I mean, you need a dirty yard from McAllister, a couple of you know from outside the box from Trent, and then a, a free kick that from Trent that you know with the help of the goalkeeper goes in. But so it's you know it's they're not easy to break down either, and you know they're going to be right up for it because you know it, it is a semi final, isn't it? And you know there's, there's so much at stake. And if you think back to the to the uh, from a couple of years ago when Arsenal came and, and got a nil nil and. You know, it felt like they'd won it. They, they were already in at Wembley because they got that nil-nil. And, you know, I think Fulham will, will have that similar mentality in terms of, you know, if you can get a good result out of Anfield, you know, t- to go into the second leg if, if you're still in the game, then they'll give themselves a big chance at Craven Cottage to do it on the, on the home patch. And, you know, they've, they've just beaten Arsenal. OK, everyone seems to be beating Arsenal at the minute, but... Um... <laughs> we're not laughing at you, Arsenal. We're not laughing at you. Honestly, <laughs> we are not laughing at you. <laughs> Oh it's, it's all going to come back to bite us, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so so I think you know that's how they're going to approach it. They're probably not going to be as free flowing. Maybe they're probably going to try and you know stick in there and, and try and get out of there with a, with a, a result that that puts them in the picture. But yeah, it's it's certainly not going to be a you know an easy tie for Liverpool. And James, you know, we're jumping ahead of ourselves, you know, because Fulham are difficult. But if you can get to a final and get a trophy under your belt early, for me, it's always a, a great part of pushing on to the basically propels you into the final third of the season uh, with the right sort of frame of mind yeah 100% I think you speak to any of the players or the staff about 21-22 season and they they felt that the, <clears throat> the Carabao Cup and going to Wembley and winning that was was a massive factor in terms of kicking kicking on and going on to win the FA Cup and and going so close you know, to, to land in the two other biggest prizes. I mean, I think, I think there is, you know, I, I read, read some nonsense about, ah, oh, you know, you know, is, is it just too difficult to maintain the challenge on four fronts? And 
you know, sometimes I read people saying, oh, you know, they Liverpool faded. They, you know, they didn't have any legs left in the, the final in Paris and stuff. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, like Thibaut Courtois had the game of his life. <laughs> you know, he, he pulled off like three or four absolute worldies in that game. You know, that... I think there's a bit of revisionism there. Courtois saved Real Madrid, and we, we were beaten by a brilliant performance by a goalkeeper and Ancelotti's tactics. You know, and Ancelotti's tactics and the saves required a, a good deal of luck, both of them. Yeah, exactly. And and also, you know, the the narrative would be so different if Villa hadn't absolutely fallen to bits in the last ten minutes at the Etihad on the final day of the Premier League season. Because you know it, it wasn't like Liverpool really stumbled in the in the Premier. You know, yes, they, they weren't playing magnificent free flowing football as they track. You know, they they racked up their 59th and 60th games of the season in all comps. But you know, they were still winning. I think they only what did they do? Drop two points, I think, after the draw with yeah, Man yeah. City the, the, yeah, the, during the run Tot- and Tottenham draw. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah I don't go I don't go along with this idea that like. It, it will somehow prohibit them in the title race. If anything, I think it'll have the opposite effect because, you know, it also, it, it just, you know, you, you want the games to, to keep coming and you want to, you want to, you, you know, you, you get a bit of success and you want more, don't you? And I think also with the dynamic of this group where they haven't actually won anything together because, you know, Liverpool 2.0, as Klopp calls it, you know, it is, you know, for, yes, of course, a lot of the players have been around for a while, but, you know, as a collective, this group with Van Dijk as captain, with Trent as vice captain, you know, with with Zabozlai and Endo, you know, and McAllister and Gravenberg on board, you know, they, this would give them like, you know, that having something tangible to show for what they've done so far. You know, I think I think if Liverpool win the Carabao Cup, then I would be very very confident they will add at least one more trophy to that before the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And there are only four trophies, Andy. They're hard to win. Not many people win trophies. So if you're a club that wins them, it, it's an attractive proposition. Exactly, exactly. And I think it, it just builds momentum, doesn't it? I think I don't, I don't, whether Liverpool get to where they get to, if, if they get knocked out in the Carabao Cup early or, you know, when they were going for the quadruple. But, you know, that winning that first one made them want to win the second one. And then, OK, yeah, they don't win the third or the fourth, but it certainly put themselves in a the position too. And then, yeah, as you say, you know, who at the moment, if you look at Liverpool, you know, they me more attractive, you know, propositions for players, you know, in, in Europe. Where, where else would you want to play at the moment? Saudi Arabia! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> for, for six months. It turns out it's hot over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's it from Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Thanks to James and Andy and you too for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about the winter break. And you know what? It's better than international breaks and we're top of the league. So, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about. You better join us. Otherwise, I'll come round your house and break your windows. The Athletic.